What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas here with Harrison Fagan, as always. Harrison, how are you doing uh, today in another beautiful day of quarantine? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing as well as any of us really can be doing at this point, I think. it's It's been a month since we've had basketball, but we got some... Has it only been a month? It, over a month. Okay. Well but we're, we're we're approaching two months and I think two weeks. Um, but we got some manna from heaven, as as Rob Palenka would put it. I guess it wouldn't be Rob Palenka. It's kind of like uh, uh, Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary came out this past weekend. I thought that was really uh, entertaining, and I cannot wait for episode three. Yeah, I, uh, three and four. I'm just I'm just glad that they're giving them to us two at a time because otherwise, like, it would feel even longer in between episodes. Like, this feels like the right balance to at least give us something to talk about and something to watch. Like, that's kind of get that sports fix and social interaction fix and all of that stuff again. I tell you what, it's better than the horse tournament. Or whatever the 2K tournament was. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not. As someone who did not watch more than like 30 seconds, uh, yeah, I don't know. I probably watched 10 minutes of the horse tournament um, uh, before I was over it. And yeah, not not great. Uh, but we, uh, a- as a result of there being no basketball, we've uh, had to get creative with the stuff we talk about on this podcast. Uh, some of the stuff I've had a lot of fun with. You know, us being forced to talk about things other than just what's going on. Uh, but today we thought we'd turn the questions over to you guys and and answer a few questions that you have for us. So that is what we'll be doing today, and a nice little mailbag podcast. Uh, before we get started, Harrison, I, a frequent listener of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network, had a question for you. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, this should be good. I mean, I also, I like that you touted our creativity and the su- subjects that we talked about right before we outsourced all of that creativity to our <laughs> listenership. But um, I, I do want to say we appreciate all of you as well. But yeah, fire away. I'm ready for a question. Um, what What have you been watching during this uh, this quarantine period? Uh, I've been watching, uh, we just finished up Veep. Um, we are now, I've been watching Westworld season three along with my fiance and now we're catching up on the first season or two because I had not seen them. So I'm watching those now I'm watching Clone Wars. Um, what else have I watched during quarantine? I mean, those are the main things, a couple movies here and there. Well, what are you watching? Uh, well, I don't know. I honestly, I Oh, you know what I have been watching? Um, and I'm not just saying this to pander to the people that listen to this podcast. The other day, I watched the Lakers championship videos on uh, Amazon Prime. The the DVDs they released that are now digital, obviously. Um, they are definitely a product of their time in terms of, like, editing and music. Uh, but they're really, like, informative, especially as somebody that uh, was born in 1996 and wasn't able to appreciate all of that in its glory. Uh, I also watched Tiger King as as yes, I watched did. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I I've watched quite a bit of crappy reality TV as well. I'm realizing, <laughs> like, I watched. Uh, I normally don't watch that stuff. Um, but you know, now that we're like, you know, we have one TV, so like, and we're home all day. So I'm watching a lot of things that I wouldn't normally watch. And I've, you know, I, I enjoyed in kind of a trashy way, too hot to handle. And, uh, what was the other one? The one where they're in the pods love is blind. Oh, right, right, right. Love, love is blind. Love Island. Really any of those shows with like love in it. 
uh, I mean, the, the Bachelor qualifies as the same type of show. Uh, 30, uh, 90 Day Fiance. Trash TV is good. And that's my hot. That's probably the hottest take I have on this pod today. Uh, but we'll we'll get over to the the fan questions today. I thought people would just want to be interested in um, in what you've been watching. Veep is apparently really really good. But yes, uh, it is. I, it's it it starts out a little slow on the slower side, but then like when it picks up, like I honestly don't know if I've laughed as consistently at a comedy like ever. That's good to hear. Uh, our first question comes from. Matt at Zen Boy Laker fan uh, and asks us what our favorite game of the year was. That is a tricky question for me uh, because my favorite game of the year has a lot to do with the day as a whole. So one, there was a day I was taking my girlfriend to see an Ariana Grande concert. And right before we went to go see Ariana Grande at the Honda center, she was great. Uh, We stopped at the Anaheim packing district, had, dinner there um and i watched that game uh, it, it was the game against the miami heat in miami that was uh, a great i watched game. that game with a bunch of lakers fans in there just and it was projected on on the two screens they have there um i don't know if you've ever been but uh, no i yeah. have been uh, that place it's near where i used to live it's pretty awesome it was a very cool place to watch the lakers game i hadn't watched the lakers game there before and then after i got to celebrate uh to no tears left to cry and and seven rings all the bops so it was a <laughs> it was a it was a good day for me yeah uh mine was my story is not quite that memorable but my favorite <laughs> game of the year was uh it was actually the overtime game against Dallas just like mm-hmm. it was a really really fun game to watch um it was like on the road so I was doing it from the comfort of my own home too I wasn't writing that night I remember at least I wasn't doing the recap so that like upped my enjoyment factor I think you were recapping that game which means you probably did not enjoy that one as much (laughs) um but like it can't you know it comes down to the wire Danny Green hits the three I really felt like that was the first one where we really started to see um like this Lakers team coming together as a unit and kind of like their collective mindset and strength uh and cohesiveness just rally from being down and you know like LeBron versus Luca was a lot of fun to watch and then LeBron just kind of taking over in overtime after Danny Green hit that three off of Dwight Howard's hilariously illegal <laughs> screen that yeah. gave us a bunch of memes the next day like that one had it all that was a great game um I mean obviously other nominees could be like the Bucks game the the, the second Bucks game the third Clippers game like those ones but um for me like that was probably my personal favorite to watch yeah, I think the Bucks and Clippers wins were obviously the biggest of the year, but we're talking yeah. about the most fun we had watching. Uh, I think it's so funny when uh, Taylor Rooks interviewed Danny Green and Dwight Howard on Take It There, and Danny Green outright acknowledged that Dwight Howard's screen was super illegal. Uh, because it was. It I mean, the league acknowledged that. So, like, <laughs> so yeah, like, I think he was in, I think he was safe there. Uh, that was hilarious. Uh, our next question comes from uh, at 59020ABC. Uh, very complex <laughs> Twitter did, did name. Did you off someone's credit card number? This <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, and might be first half of our show. Uh, so I'll kick it off to you. Uh, the question is, 2020 Lakers versus 2010 Lakers, who wins? 
Yes. So I saw this question come in on Twitter and I was like, oh, that is one I'm not going to be able to just do like, I don't, or at least I don't want to answer just off the cuff because <laughs> I, you, I wanted to put a little bit of thought into that. So I pulled up like the, I didn't do too deep of thought into this. It was more just my opinions on these teams overall. And then I just wanted to go back and like compare like, so, you know, most of the time the team with, this is going to be a hot basketball take about how I view the <laughs> game, but I feel like most of the time the team with the best players wins the game. And uh, especially like that is especially true for like the two cornerstones of teams. So like in this case, it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James versus Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant. And like, that's an overly reductive way to just view all matchups in general, but I think it gets us started somewhere. And so I went, I pulled up on the basketball reference player comparison finder, uh, you know, LeBron's current season versus Kobe's season during the 09, uh, 2009, 2010 season. And then did the same for Pau Gasol versus current Anthony Davis. And it was interesting. Kobe, Kobe scored more. Uh, and he was a little bit less turnover prone than LeBron. He stole the basketball a little bit more. Um, and he, but then overall, like otherwise LeBron was better. He had, you know, more assists per game, like almost over double assists, over double assists, more rebounds. He's a more efficient shooter, both in terms of effective field goal percentage, like as a three point shooter as two point shooter. Um, and so like, I feel like you like, I don't know, this is probably going to get people mad, but I feel like current LeBron, at least statistically, is maybe a little bit, like, at least statistical output-wise, has been a little bit better than Kobe was during that year, which is crazy, because that's, like, one of the greatest Kobe seasons, but this is also about as efficient as LeBron has ever been. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up their usage rates. Like, Kobe, even, Kobe also used up, like, 1% more, almost, possessions um pow it's like a similar thing where he's like better at a few things but anthony davis is better scorer uh less good less good rebounder better shot blocker um but like overall more effective like in terms of effective field goal percentage because he shoots threes um and so i think that you kind of like i think the gap between davis and gasol is wider than like any gap between lebron and kobe yeah. but i think that you have to give the edge to the lebron and uh davis pairing a little bit and then like it kind of comes down to the supporting casts like I think the Laker, the 2009, 2010 Lakers had an overall better supporting cast. Like the Lakers third guy, like none of them are as good as Lamar Odom and arguably none of them are as good as like Andrew Bynum. Yeah. But like they do have like the better duo. I think it's close, but I feel like if we're just looking at stylistically and in terms of matchups and stuff, that Lakers team really bullied people inside with their big men and their size. And I feel like the Lakers would be able to negate that somewhat. Like I think Kobe would still be a real problem because the Lakers don't have anyone that would be all that well equipped to guard him. Um, but they would at least be okay on the interior as a bigger team. And I think that they would probably win a close series, this current Lakers team, but I don't feel that great about it. And I don't feel super confident. Like how, how are you feeling? I think it would go to seven games. And the way I manipulated this was I asked myself, would I take the 2019, 20 over the 2009, 2010 Celtics? Uh, and my answer was yes. Both teams <laughs> have Rondo on the team. Uh, but I think, you know, the Celtics had a dominant big man in Kevin Garnett uh, going up against the likes of Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum, and I think that was a good a good test of 
you know, if you were to put another dom- dominant big man in place of, of Garnett, how, how they'd fare. Uh, LeBron James is better than Paul Pierce. I know a little spicy take. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think there's, a, I don't even know. Well, maybe Paul Pierce would disagree with that, but <laughs> isn't, isn't he the one that said, uh, he had a better career than D Wade. Oh yeah. He did say that. i still think that he's not, even he's not deluded enough to think that he's been better than LeBron at any point. Absolute insanity. But yeah, I, I look at that as kind of my barometer for for how I'd view the Lakers or the 2009-10 Lakers against this team. Um, I think the biggest X factor for me for this year's team would have to be Anthony Davis because you've seen all throughout this season teams have tried to put big bodies on Anthony Davis to no avail, whether it's Rudy Gobert or Nikola Jokic. The the 2009-10 Lakers definitely had the size to compete with Anthony Davis, in theory, with Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and Lamar Odom. I think of those three guys, Lamar Odom would give him the toughest time just because that's been the case with AD throughout his career. He struggled against, um, you know, smaller guys that are versatile defenders. Um, and then for the the other X factor is Danny Green. I, I don't know if Danny Green has defended a player of kobe bryant's caliber in a meaningful playoff series before um did unless i'm mistaken did he defend steph curry in that series last year uh i think a little bit i don't know that he was the primary defender on him if i I, my memory is eluding me on that one a little bit yeah but even then like those lakers they do at least have like uh, then ron artest now meta world peace Like, at that point, is at least, like, about as good of a guy as you could say, like, to throw at LeBron. Um, And so, like, they kind of have that going for them. But I still, like, that version of meta, maybe prime, prime like, meta world piece to run or run or test could have given LeBron problems. But even that, like, I still feel like this version of LeBron would still probably cook him. Yeah. The other other X factor for me with this, uh, in this series is who would outcoach the other person. I know. Frank Vogel has been accused of um, crumbling in playoff series against Eric Spolstra and just being, you know, outcoached in, in a lot of these situations. And obviously, you Who have accused a... him of that. Is that you? Oh, no, 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 no. When, when he was with the Pacers, that's all Pacers. Did he Pacers get criticism for about. that? I do not remember that at oh, all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember the Pacers getting criticized. I don't remember Vogel specifically. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the comments I read from a lot of, um, Pacers fans when the Lakers. Oh well, signed. fans are always going to blame the coach. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, that was a. Uh, I, I I thought that was interesting. Uh, Phil Jackson obviously. Yeah, I already... mean, to, sorry. All that said, I, I don't think that you're where the take that I think you're heading to that Phil Jackson probably wins that coaching matchup is uh-huh. like that crazy. <laughs> um, like as nice of a job as Vogel has done this year, like I don't I I don't think that we would be being respectful to Phil Jackson. You know, yep. if we didn't say that he and that coaching staff would probably have a little bit of an edge there. Mm. So, I mean, those are the two extra X factors for me. Um, beyond that, I think I would give the the edge to LeBron and AD, but not as any knock on Kobe and Powell, because it, it really is just the the style of play and how athletic players are now. Um, not that they weren't before, it's just in that specific matchup with that team. Um, and the, the supporting cast they had, I think the LeBron and AD Lakers would win in a very tight seven games. Game seven might even go to overtime. Who knows? Yeah, but- I, 
I honestly think like this, it's more of just a matter of like I think this team's strengths match up better. Like they'll be able to get to their strengths more than that Lakers team right. will be able to exploit like their strengths against this current one. Like I mean, like that 2010, that that era of like 2008 to like 2010. That's probably my favorite era of Lakers basketball. That's the most I've enjoyed watching any team. I think that team has become historically underrated. I just think that there's like you know, if I had to pick now, like I think I'd probably pick this team. But I, again, like I wouldn't feel super confident about it. Same. All right. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, we'll go ahead and go to the break because, like I, <laughs> like I predicted, it it did take the the first segment of the show. So when we get back, we'll finish up answering your questions um, and talk about other stuff. We've got more questions on our docket here, uh, and the next one comes from at Thundercat Felix. I hope it is named after the artist Thundercat and not the cartoon, not that I've seen it. Um, but he asked, did KCP play up to his contract? And my answer I, I is a, a, an astounding yes. I think he yeah. played really well. Yeah, I don't. I mean, for me, that's not really even a question this year, just because you know, part of it is that his number keeps going down. But um, like, also, <laughs> like after, like you know, I think we've talked about the resurgence of KCP a couple times this year. Like he started out obviously with like some of the worst offensive games he ever would have wanted to start a season with, and even though he was solid defensively, but the offense came around. The defense hasn't really let up. He's not a perfect player, but he is a really good. And valuable player for this team and has made himself into a really valuable contributor for this team. And, you know, I think that he's had a really cool story and like rebound arc this year. And I, I think he's definitely played up to his contract because he's not making that much. How much does he make? It's been so long since I looked at the salary pages. Um, I believe like it is writing about this every I single it's day. Seven million. Yeah. I mean, seven million for like what KCP has done this year is like a three point shooter and floor spacer, a guy that can leak out on the break and play some defense. Like I I have enjoyed the KCP experience this year more than uh, more than I've enjoyed it the past two seasons. I think I think he finally found his ideal role on a good team. Yeah, I think that was my biggest thing uh, going into the season is seeing how Contavious Caldwell Pope would look on a LeBron James team. Like, technically, LeBron James was on that team last year, but with the personnel they had and LeBron kind of deferring to the young guys as, you know, him being just another player on their team, which was hilarious in hindsight. Um, it, it really wasn't a LeBron James team, and, and KCP uh, has really shined on on being, you know, a knockdown three-point shooter and defender on on an actual, in a, an actual LeBron offense. Um Quick clar- clarification, though. Davis Caldwell Pope uh, makes $8 million this year uh, and has a player option for $8.4 million next year, a uh, two-year $16 million contract. So even then... Probably at- take. <laughs> I-, I think it's probably fair to guess. Just to expand just to expand on the natural follow-up question to that, Like, I just think with the way the cap's going, like I think a lot of these guys are going to opt in. I think him at that number, like that's probably more than he'll get on a cap-dropped in a cap dropped off season. Yeah. I I wonder if like if, if he opts in, whether he have more value to them on the roster or in a trade at that number. But that is a discussion for another time. 
Um, our next question comes from at Jacob Rude. Never heard of this man, uh, <laughs> but I will answer the question anyway. Uh, he says, power rank the following Lakers based on their rap careers. Kobe, Shaq, Meta, Lonzo, and Lou Williams. So I want to note that he says rap careers and not rapping ability. Um, so with that in wow, mind. Wow, that is an interesting distinction to draw. Because <laughs> I think of these players, I think Shaq is probably the best rapper. Uh, but you can make an argument that Lonzo's had the best career as a rapper uh what would your argument be for that um he has like songs (laughs) on streaming that people listen to on occasion i think like i think people would be more willing to listen to to lonzo's stuff than than shaq's stuff again i don't have the metrics in front of me they're spotify streams but uh i think lonzo has has had a more successful rapping career in his brief time in the league. Didn't Shaq make like a lot of money on his albums? I mean, as memorabilia, probably. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. That's, that's a fair point. Um, I think if like, if we're going to rank like rap careers, like I think I honestly am going to go meta because I think that meta just embodied like the true spirit of rap, like more than any of these guys. Like, you know, he had like a little bit of like the bad boy image and like the counterculture type stuff. Uh, Like he, like in the most rap artist headline of all time, he asked the Pacers to give him time off from his (laughs) job to go and promote his rap career, which is incredible. He dropped champions, like really showed like a sense for understanding the moment, like right after the Lakers won the title like had that just in the can and ready to go I think that shows like a situational awareness that really translates well yeah exactly (laughs) like he was ready with content for that night he was ahead of his time so I'm gonna go meta first I think after him I will go Shaq just because I think that you are understating like how much Shaq was like at the time probably like I mean he's not the greatest rapper but I think he is I think he's pretty good He's okay. Um, I think, honestly, like, I'm going to put... Kobe ahead of Lonzo? No, I feel like I might go Lou Williams ahead of Lonzo, just because from what I've heard of Lou's, I I personally have liked it better than Lonzo's stuff. So we're doing ability, not careers. Well, I don't know. Career is like a weird... I don't know how to define that. Like, I guess Lonzo. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's had like the best. What a terrible question, Jake. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll let you be rude about it and I don't have to be rude about it. Um, But okay, fine. I guess if we're going by that metric on careers and then probably Lonzo and then Lou, and then I think we have to go Kobe last. Like Kobe, like Kobe's rap, like with, with all due respect to Kobe Bryant, like his rap career was so bad that it almost became like a argument against his goat status when people were arguing for like his credentials. Like there was a whole like oral history written on like how bad like his like single release with um, it was Tyra Banks, right? I believe so. If it wasn't Tyra Banks, it was like a combination anyway. um, And then like Kobe, you know, like basically had to retire from it. Like there are people that say that Kobe was pretty good at like freestyle and like rap battle stuff and whatever. And with, how much work he put into 
the stuff like his passion projects, I would believe it, but it just did not come through. in the one time we've actually heard him <laughs> rap. And so I think he, he's got to be like undisputed last. I'm sorry. It's a shame. Cause I, I think, um, in the one song he did with Brian McKnight, his flow is actually pretty good. And I enjoyed listening to him rap. He's just not like, which surprised me that like, he's not a very good lyricist. Um, and again, the the beats he was rapping over were just a product of the time. I almost bought a Kobe record at the at one of the Pomona thrift stores, and I didn't because I'm an idiot. So, oh, come on, man! That would have been an all time collectible. Yeah, I'm. I I was dumb. I regret it. Uh, so that that is an interesting ranking. I think the only thing I'd switch there is. Uh, Lonzo with Lou. I don't remember if you ended up switching them after all, but Lonzo. No, I and... ended up putting Lonzo. You're right. If okay. we're talking careers, like Lonzo's career has been, even though Lou is like, I think more well regarded, he just hasn't put out as much music publicly. Yeah, I that that is a a fair assessment. Um, but yeah, Shaq, Shaq and Kobe, if they put out a, a dual record, if there is some archives in there that have yet to be released, like. Apparently, Kevin Durant has songs with some of the best players in the NBA. I'd like to hear LeBron and KD have a song. I almost forgot about that. LeBron and KD have a song, and oh, man, is LeBron not good. It's a good thing that he walked away from that. And, like, honestly, I would not. it would not surprise me if Kevin Durant leaked that just to kind of, like, get one over on LeBron because he definitely sounded a lot better on their <laughs> uh, track for anyone that's listened to it. Lonzo, I actually do have to give him credit for, like, Dropping a diss track of your own teammate uh, is like that, that. I did not bump him up enough for that. Like that's pretty good. <laughs> and it got him in trouble. Yeah. The Lakers front office had to tell him to simmer down. Yeah. The Lakers but, front office had to tell all the young guys to just <laughs> chill out on social media because LeBron's not going to want to come. Oh God. That is so funny. Harrison, if I asked you to take some time off to focus on my rap career, would you grant that to me? I mean, right now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during right. the season, the answer might be different. <laughs> uh, all right. We are uh, on to our next question. At uh, Sue underscore Steven asks, do you believe Anthony Davis is capable of being a number one option on a championship team? Or is he more suited as an elite number two option? And that is a great question that I think a lot of people asked even before AD got here uh, with his impending free agency status. Which is complicated in itself. Like that alone is is worth the question because who knows what Anthony Davis is going to do with that player option? Uh, this I'm so I'm so used to saying this summer, but who knows in free agency? Yeah. Is be, this whenever it comes agency, around, whenever that is. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can see a, a path where he opts into his contract, but I mean, <laughs> he couldn't. Like like there's a scenario where he doesn't. I don't know why he would wouldn't, but um. But yeah, that is a. Uh, if you were, to, would you feel comfortable signing LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis to a four or five year deal with the knowledge that LeBron James probably won't be there for the duration of that? Yes, because I think that he's a guy that clearly other guys want to play with, and I think that like just to go to the question, like I think he's more suited as an elite number two option. It sounds like you agree based on kind of the way that you phrase that. Um, and, but if you don't, that's okay. But uh, like, I, I, that's kind of how I see him. 
And I think that he is a guy that as like an elite number two option and a guy that's not a ball dominant superstar, but he is a star in other ways. And at a lot of the things that superstars don't necessarily want to do, I think he is a guy that's very attractive in terms of being able to draw stars to come and play with them. Like, I think that if you're trying to recruit Giannis in, you know, whenever next free agency is not this (laughs) one, but after the following season, when his contract is over, uh, I think that like Anthony Davis is a great guy to recruit someone like that because like Giannis never had a teammate of that as as great as Chris Middleton is. And I do think that he's underappreciated. He's not Anthony Davis and Giannis has never gotten to play with someone like Anthony Davis. And like the two of them, you know, they're spacing concerns because Giannis isn't as good of a shooter as LeBron at this point, but who knows? He may destroy the NBA's hopes and dreams and develop that uh, (laughs) during this quarantine time. Um, Like I think that Anthony Davis, like I would be totally comfortable extending him in that way because I think he is a guy you can recruit other guys to want to come play with because he's already kind of shown that he's willing to not be like the alpha dog my answer to that question is yes like I think Anthony Davis can be the best player on a championship team but I don't think it can be by a lot like if Anthony Davis were to be on a team with, let's just say, Drew Holiday, who he played with in New Orleans, and like Danilo Gallinari, if though if that's the big three the Lakers were rolling out, I'd feel comfortable with Anthony Davis being the number one option on that team. Uh, but I think it's less with, with the type of player he is. I think you have to compensate for what LeBron James doesn't bring in that scenario. Like it definitely needs to be uh, a more balanced effort than, than just a LeBron James and Anthony Davis one, two punch. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. I think you might be a little higher on Gallinari than I am, but I get, I take your point. Like the two and three, guys have to be really good on that like number if Anthony Davis is going to be your number one which is the case for any superstar pseudo superstar guy like you know like there are certain guys like that maybe like would not be able to win titles as the number one but they just have like really good supporting casts like during NBA history and so like I think that if Anthony Davis's supporting cast was a bunch of really good players like yeah I think that he could be the best player on a championship team but like what we saw in New Orleans was what happened when that supporting cast is like kind of thin after the like top like couple then like you know you have a first round out team as great as Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. is or do you you know I think they they made the second round at least once I think but yeah. yeah who do you think is the worst player or sorry who do you think is the best player that is still worse than Anthony Davis? I would have to look at like a list of stuff. That is a that is a hell of a question to just give me <laughs> off the top of your head. It, it is it is a tough question, but I think it puts into perspective a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean he's like, probably what he's probably a top, he's a top ten player in the league right oh, now, yeah. like maybe top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Like, I'm sure, hold on. I'm like filibustering as I can like pull up <laughs> list of names because I don't want to like miss someone obvious. Um, because I've done this before where I get entrapped on these podcasts, like, <laughs> and then you get a bleacher report uh, graphic, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think like 
I don't know. I'm just like, I, I, this is a very imperfect way to do this, but I just pulled up the scoring leaderboards just to give myself some sense. Um, like, I think, uh, like, Luca is up there. Like, I think, um, I mean, I, maybe not. There's a debate to be had there about, like, franchise impact. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like, I think right now, like, just this season, I would probably rather have, like, AD. Maybe not as the crux of my team, like Luca is in Dallas. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as a guy, like, for this specific Lakers team, um, like Bradley Beal is up there. Like that's he's a, really good. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think I, I mean, I'd probably lead, lean towards Bradley Beal or even like even Kyrie Irving at his peak. I'd take, I take Anthony Davis over Kyrie Irving. Yes. Yeah. 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 I thought that was obvious. I was trying. Yeah. Kyrie, I would definitely take him over. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot like that, Harrison. I thought, uh, these are questions you ask yourself in the middle of the night the same way I do? No, I do not. I, <laughs> these are not the hypotheticals that I think about right now, believe it or not. Uh, okay, somebody uh, by the name of Norm Karnick asked, who is your favorite Laker all-time? Oh, God. <laughs> I did not uh, read that. It's like a, the teleprompter where you don't know what you're reading until the you very almost end. just Ron Burgundy to yourself? Yeah, I did. I'm not going to finish the question. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird question, my man. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I did read this one first. Uh, somebody by the name of at American 1865 says state of the sixth man most improved and executive of the year race. Repeat that question again. I was looking for the question that you laughed off. <laughs> it, it, it's under my replies. If you want to check it uh, under my uh, mailbag question post. Uh, so he said, Oh, wow. He had a personal question for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the at American 1865 asked state of the sixth man, most improved and executive of the year race. Uh, okay. So let's start with six man. Like, I These don't know. Like are I, harder than they were a month ago yeah, when we were in basketball like ever since we watched basketball. Like yeah. I expected this to be an easy show, but it's instead been like more difficult than I expected. <laughs> um, six man, like, like Lou Williams has won it the last two years in a row. Right. Right. So I feel like voter fatigue, he's probably not going to get it. And I do think that there will be like a groundswell of support for like Montrez Harrell. Like even Lou was saying that he wants them to be co-six man of the year award winners, which I'm not even sure is like possible um, <laughs> because of I, I like I, I forget how the voting exactly works for that award. But I don't know. Like, I think they'd probably have to tie in votes, which seems unlikely. Uh, and so. Like, I I mean, maybe, like, I'd say probably him. Like, I think he's been, like, pretty good off the bench for the Clippers, even though he's also been a source of strife in the locker room. Like, uh, (laughs) to be honest, this is not an award that, like, I've been thinking about a lot. But, like, um, what, uh, like, where would you lean on this one? Uh, I'd probably lean in the direction of Dennis Schroeder, just because he's been really, really good for the Thunder. Yeah, that is a good answer. Um. It, it's him or Trez if, if Lou Williams doesn't win it, and I don't know if it's a lock that he does. So uh, I'd, I'd argue that Shooter will probably win it. Um, for most improved, I think there are a few directions you can go. Uh, Brandon Ingram obviously had a ridiculous year with New Orleans, but I don't know how much stock they put into like teams that are winning. Um, so that's another interesting one. Uh, I feel like there's another player... I'm just 
I also feel like right Brandon Ingram, like, you know, as great as his resurgence has been and like as much fun as it is to watch for all of us, like kind of longtime Brandon Ingram believers, um, you know, he was he was the number two pick. Like these are the leaps that guys kind of should take. And to be honest, like I don't know that he's like that much better than he was last year. He just is a lot more consistent mm. and like yeah. he has made some meaningful like growth in his game, obviously, but he has a bigger role and he's much more consistent in it this year, I think. So that's part of improvement and like yeah I get like that's worth celebrating um but yeah beyond him like I guess Siaka made another leap with Toronto um and I think he's another guy that'll probably warrant consider consideration but boy to pick a runaway favorite at this point like what I, I think there'd have to be some qualifier like they, the, their team had to have met an X amount of wins, and because uh, otherwise, I think it, it's probably Brandon Ingram to me. Yeah, I think I would honestly uh, go with I. I really like Bam Adebayo. Like I think that he has made mm. some meaningful strides this year. Um, and like you know, Zach Lowe wrote like an awesome feature on him, so that might like be clouding my uh, like judgment a little bit because he's smart and like you know it was a compelling argument and like you know, it, but Bam's been really really good. I think um, like another guy that has been uh, pretty good this year what is like Jalen Brown. As much as Lakers fans are not going to want to hear me say that, yeah. like, I thought has made some meaningful strides and been uh, like. A lot better but again like he was also a number two pit he was number two or number he was a high pick i forget yep. exactly where he went in the draft so that my arguments against ingram could also apply to him so you know like th- those are some guys that i think that you could throw out there for that award i think it was number three after simmons and ingram so. yes i think you are right uh but no yeah two i mean i i'm going down the list and like even Devonte graham and shea gilgis alexander deserve serious consideration there um, it really just boils down to what voters value, like. Yeah, and like you said, Siakam. Like, at that point, I think, yeah. Bam, yeah, like, uh, I don't know would, if Siakam could win it again, but, like, because it, he just won it last year, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know if he'd win it again, but he has made another meaningful leap and would uh-huh. have a compelling argument. I just, you know, voter fatigue with stuff like that. Uh, okay, I think we are on... To our last question, unless I am mistaken, uh, yeah. So uh, Webhead asks us, who well, do you think... we didn't do executive of the year. Okay, you are absolutely right. Um, I, I this is probably going to upset a lot of Lakers fans, but I do think the Clippers front office deserves a lot of credit for everything they did, uh, starting from the off season to the trade deadline and what they did with the buyout market, like not having to waive meaningful players uh, to open up roster spots and, and improving their roster. Oh, really? Because I saw a team that mortgaged the future on a guy who doesn't want to play every night and uh, <laughs> sent away picks for the privilege of being able to assign him and bring in a, you know, maybe washed Paul George. I don't know. Um, like, I, I, th- I think I think Rob Palinka, I cannot confirm or deny, is like wiring a money transfer to me right now for this answer. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, I honestly think that Rob, like in all seriousness, should get some consideration, not just for the moves made, because... Obviously, like, 
the Lakers were going to get Anthony Davis. I like that was less so on Palinka, but the Lakers took a lot of chances on guys that, and you can't give this award to LeBron and Anthony Davis, even though I know that they contributed to taking chances on these guys, but they brought in a lot of guys that people were kind of dubious about and not 100% sure were going to pan out for them. They took chance. They took a chance on Dwight Howard. That's worked out really well. They got a lot of criticism for re-signing KCP again. He's been good. Um, like, and I also think that just, as far as like getting this team to navigate, like, you know, just coming in after like kind of a crazy off season, obviously the guys who were in trade rumors are not around anymore, but it was still a dramatic off season in terms of all the fallout from magic and, you know, the rumors about like the coaching search and all of that stuff. And, you know, hiring Vogel and like ending up getting that hire, right? Like, I do think that there's a genuine case to be made for Rob. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. Um, and I think that same case can be made for, uh, LeBron James MVP case, like everything he's had to go through this season and, and the adversity they faced. Uh, I just don't know if voters care about that. Like, I think that's a little romantic for the people that are voting for these awards. Um, and for that reason, I think, um, who is it? Michael Winger is their general manager at the Clippers. Um, so he's one of their front. Off- yeah. No, I, I think Lawrence Frank is the general manager, right? Okay. Or he's like the head decision maker so in the front. In yeah, front there's so there. many weird titles, and they have so many guys. Yeah, Jerry like, West is somewhere sprinkled in there. Yeah, um, but yeah, the fact that they opened up that roster spot for Reggie Jackson, that trade for Marcus Morris, which I think was a little overrated and uh, was probably more of a ploy to keep him out of Los Angeles, like the other Los Angeles team. I don't know if that's a tinfoil hat conspiracy. No, I think that was probably part of it. I'm glad the Lakers didn't make that trade because the proposed Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma trade would have been a lateral move at best. Um, at best. And yeah. I honestly think it would have been a step back. I, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Like, I mean, we, we, I know you like Morris more than I do. Uh, barely. Um, like as a person specifically. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's calm down. Uh, okay. Uh, now the last question, uh, oh no, no, probably not the last question. I, I actually may have one or two more. Oh, well that is, look at you, Mr. Popular. Yeah. Um, we have a question, uh, from Webhead asking, who do you think would have gotten us to game seven? My answer is Alex Caruso. And I don't think I need to elaborate on why. So I'll, I'll give it on over to you. Would have gotten us to game seven and what? Life. <laughs> just in light <laughs> i don't i'm not sure i fully understand the question but i feel like if you're asking who would have gotten the lakers anywhere this year like the serious answer is lebron like yeah. it's, they, they go as he goes well okay i think that's the ob- the obvious answer which is like the board i mean i we try to go with the obvious answer like the, co- <laughs> the obviously correct answer <laughs> like okay I think LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to do their thing. But the biggest question going into every game in the postseason that we do not know is whether or not it's going to happen uh, is going to be who's that player who's going to step up and be that X factor for them on every, any given night. I don't know if Alex Russo will be given the opportunity to do it just because um, Vogel's infatuation with Rondo and the possibility of Dion Waiters coming in and being that shot creator they had hoped Kyle Kuzma would be. I don't know if the minutes will be there for for Alex Caruso, but I do definitely think he could swing a playoff series with with his type of play and his <laughs> I didn't want to use the word grit because that's such like a college basketball descriptor to use, but I uh, I mean with his defensive toughness and 
you know, intangibles. Yeah, I think, like, for me, you know, obviously the other nominees, like Avery Bradley, but he was a popular answer after he went off against the Clippers. Like, I still am, and I don't know if this is, like, me just going down with the ship at this point, but I still am a believer in Danny Green. Like, I I know he's their third highest paid player, so he is the guy that should step up here, but he's had a little bit of an underwhelming season. Like, uh, he hasn't been quite as good as I think everybody hoped he would be, and I think that they've been stealth load managing him for the playoffs, which obviously is going to look a lot less shrewd now because everybody's been load managed at this point. Um, But, like, I I still have faith in Danny Green, and, like, if he gets hot, they're going to be a real problem. Yeah, I and that the, the most heartwarming thing for me that I've read in my mentions whenever I complain about Danny Green, uh, our Raptors and, and Spurs fans telling me like, hey, we we went through this every season. Once the postseason rolls around, you're not going to want to trade him for anyone. Because I think at the time, at the trade deadline, I had asked, what would Danny Green fetch you at the trade deadline? And I got a flurry of, of Spurs and Raptors fans saying like, hey, we've all been there. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll figure it out. Uh, Maybe we'll see. I mean, you know, we everybody thinks that about these guys until they actually age out of it. And he, yeah. like, he's not that old, but you just never know with like shooters and role players. And like this postseason is going to be so weird, too. I, <laughs> yeah, most of these guys will have only I mean, luckily, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day where Danny Green said he found a place to um, shoot like he has a gym to work out at now. So that's good. Uh, but prior to that. He said he was just laying in his bed and shooting up at the ceiling, which and lifting think, paint cans in his garage as like <laughs> as weight work. That is a, uh, I mean, inspiration. I guess if you're somebody that does it frequently, you too could be a career forty percent three point shooter. Yeah, no um, gym member, no gym membership is not an excuse. <laughs> like you, you got stuff in your house you can lift. Uh, okay, well, you have apparently more questions, so I guess we'll uh, yeah, we'll, so. Finish off with you. You know, I wanted I wanted to get to one from Norm, so I'm not going to ask the one that uh, <laughs> made you giggle like a little girl. But um, I am going to ask. He asked Anthony Irwin got basically everything wrong before this season. If he were a GM, where would he rank in the ri- in the <laughs> list of historical LA GMs? And I do think that this is something important to bring up, not just because you know Anthony and I are mortal rivals, locked in <laughs> just like deadlocked in battle until one of us dies. Um, like, I think that, like, he, like, he brings up a good point, especially in the wake of me just talking about Palinka a few minutes ago, like, mm-hmm. taking a chance on Dwight. I remember that was something Anthony was, like, I think essentially saying that uh, Jeannie Buss should sell the team over. He was, uh, he was very upset about the mm-hmm. Dwight acquisition. He, he likes to tout how often he's right on things. And so I'm going to tout a couple times he was wrong. He, oh, uh, I will join in <laughs> yeah. with you, sir. <laughs> he was, he was banging the alarm drums, the alarm bell, ring the alarm bells like louder than anyone about Polinka, and I think the jury is out on how well Polinka will do over years and years in this raw team but I think that it's fair to say that most of his decisions have gone well this year even if like there was some concerning stuff reported heading into it as Magic Johnson was on the way out the door like wow I wonder who leaked all that stuff (laughs) um and I think like the the other one was like the coaching search and like all that stuff. And Jason Kidd is going to overthrow him. And to be fair, we all made those jokes, but I think Anthony meant them a little bit more <laughs> earnestly. So I'm going to ding him for those, too. I'm trying to think of if there was anything else he got oh, like, wrong. Absolutely. All um, right, let's go. 
<laughs> We're gonna unload the clip right now. Uh, no, he's I, not even this... here to defend himself. This is so rude. <laughs> Call him up. All right, <laughs> well, yeah, no, we're, we'll just we'll edit this clip and we'll just send just this one to him on Twitter because that's the only way he consumes any information. <laughs> uh, no, the the take that confused me the most this past summer because I think I was pretty upset about the Palinka hire just because they didn't interview anybody else. Like, what are you doing? No, I think that there are two separate things can be true. That can be bad process, and like you can also say that maybe it will work out. Like we don't know, yeah. and you know. Uh, but for me, I think Anthony, when the Lakers hired Vogel in our Slack, was just beating this drum that like Vogel was a bad coach. And I think outside of his year in Orlando with that bad team, he's a pretty well-respected coach. Like a week before his hire, I asked on Twitter, like, why hasn't anybody called Frank Vogel about a head coaching job yet? Uh, and you know, at, at that time, I have I don't even think the report about him being considered for an assistant was out yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't – I don't get it. I never got that. The two that come to mind with Anthony, though, that I like to bring up to him was uh, then there was a night against the Pelicans where Anthony tweeted out, it is somebody's job to put together a starting lineup, and they started to beat the Zubats. And at that time, and still, oh, that, I don't know why I, I remember that, time. that game. Yes, I remember this so well. I I have always been a believer in Zubats and him just needing an opportunity to perform. And like Clippers fans are going through the same thing right now. Like Zubats is a good player; he just doesn't play a lot of minutes. Um, so when Anthony tweeted that, I was like, Anthony, you don't understand. Zubats is a good player; he just hasn't had a lot of opportunity yet. And he was like, blah blah blah, whatever. And then Zubats had the game of his life yeah, and then started the, the following Anthony 10 Davis. games. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe uh, not and then they the clamps. I think Anthony Davis had like 30 that night, but Avica played very well. Yeah, he did. He did play really well. And then when the Lakers traded Avica Zubats, Anthony's like, wow, Maddox Johnson really <laughs> traded our best center for Mike Muscala. It's like, come on, man. Uh, the other one uh, is, does Brandon Ingram even have an NBA skill? Yeah. <laughs> that was an all-timer. We have the answer to that now. Oh, uh, I didn't realize going back through the entire list of like his takes ever. Like, oh. I mean, there was there was the <laughs> Julius Randle ruining his career by not playing in summer league, and he defends that one by saying, "Well, is he still with the Lakers?" Oh gosh, and I an Anthony is such a nice person, and he makes like good carne asada. Um, so I'll give him that. But man, the one thing he can uh, give me flack for though. Like, it's obviously early into his career, but you might not be able to tell by my tweets because I've been really critical of him this season, but I really, really, really like Kyle Kuzma. And Anthony has been, like, certain he's a bust five games into his rookie season. <laughs> yeah, I almost, it's, it like, it's gotten to the point where I root for guys that he thinks are bad to be good <laughs> just because it's so much funnier that way. Yeah. Like, I honestly wanted Rondo to show out this year uh, just for that exact reason. Anthony is the jinx. Yeah, I mean, like, it would be... Can you imagine if, like, literally every single one of his takes had went bust? Like, then he wouldn't be able to tell us about how right he is all the time. I know. Now, he'll just have to settle with shooting 10% from the field. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, <lanes>. Um <laughs> We we do have one more question 
from Norm, and this one is, uh, so he asks, what are you and Mia going to name the baby if you were having one? And so I've invited my lovely fiance oh, in here. Mia, what are we gonna, <laughs> Mia, what are we gonna name? Do, yeah, it's Kobe, right? No. All right. Well, we're we're gonna table that Kobe discussion. Wade. Back to it later. No. Table that discussion. Yeah, Kobe Wade after Dion Waiters. No. Or uh, what, what's the Dion Waiters' latest nickname? TP. Yeah. No, I think TP works. Like that could be a lot of things. That could abbreviate for names she actually wants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did she just yell? I don't want a baby. No, she just yelled, she just yelled like toilet paper. Oh, I, don't, no. I don't think she got the. I think something was lost in translation there. Yeah. She thought we were talking about something else that wasn't toilet paper, <laughs> which is exactly what we were talking about. But well, yeah, um, I, think, like, I think Kobe Wade. I think we've settled on this no. now. Kobe Wade Fagan. Yeah, that's my little applause for you. Yeah, I think honestly, I think that's that's a distinguished name. A little bit, I think it's close. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that would be a, like an all-timer bad name. Like you just scream uh, like early two thousands basketball fan with the name of like Kobe Wade. Can you imagine that poor kid going to school just like <laughs> like you might as well name him Dirk Duncan, the tra- which... the translucent looking child uh, <laughs> named Kobe. Which is why I was gonna say Dirk Duncan is probably more fitting uh, for your complexion than than Kobe Wade would be. <laughs> Um, well, that, I guess, is <laughs> to say. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that does it for our podcast. I think that's it. I'm so sorry that, uh, I did that's not how expect this one to be almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, neither did I, but then we got into baby names and honestly, off of baby names alone, I could go another hour. I but we won't to come back in here. We could debate this. <laughs> we'll spare you. We'll spare you, you all, no. um, and we'll take it to Twitter instead. If you have names for Harrison's, uh, Harrison and Mia's future baby, please uh, tweet them at, at Mia Agraviador. M I A A G R A V I A D O R. Yes, I think uh, I got that. Use the hashtag Kobe Wade. <laughs> yeah, just just tweet Kobe Wade at her repeatedly. <laughs> oh god, my fiance into this. Uh, uh, and on that note, we will uh, see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>